Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Have a beautiful day. In fact, it's already beautiful, isn't it? We are enjoying so much the weather, and actually, we worked hard last uh, Thursday and Friday. The grounds are looking so beautiful. The job that you guys did out there, <coughs> awesome. And the swimming pool and a great temperature, I think it's awesome. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, with all of our hearts for life, for the opportunity that we have, Lord, to worship you and tell you how much we love you. You are beautiful, Lord. You are so beautiful to us. And we love you, Lord, from the bottom of our hearts. Receive the songs that we have prepared, Lord, that Tracy is going to play and sing for us. In the name of Jesus, Lord, thank you. Amen. 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 Let's stand up and let's worship the Lord with joy. Worthy, worthy of praise. Worthy of 
kind of songs and today guys we are going to talk about let's praise him and it's, it's such a wonderful topic and you will enjoy it and I am sure you will enjoy it
me, Lord. systems and microphones and cameras and everything else Lord we thank you Lord for all the things that you give us all the tools so we can worship you Lord and sing to you day and night night and day for your glory Lord thank you Lord Jesus thank you Lord Jesus thank you Holy Spirit thank you Father hallelujah you may be seated. Here and in our hearts, Jesus is Lord. Isn't it wonderful? Today we are going to talk about that. How important it is to praise the Lord. Praise Him. Praise Him all the time. And you will be really shocked with certain things that I'm going to show you later in a video. Because I did some researches. and It is interesting. You will enjoy it. But let's go to the scripture, right? Because what matters is what the Lord says, not what we think. So, Father, we read the, the scripture in your holy name, the name of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Psalm 156. Everything that breathes, praise, praise the Lord. Everybody, if you are breathing, praise the Lord. Praise him, praise him, praise him. And do not stop praising him. Day and night. Regardless what is the situation, we need to praise the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Now, is it easy to do it? Well, depending, right? Depending if things are going well in your life, you say, oh yeah, praise the Lord. Right? <laughs> when things are going great, it's easy to say, hallelujah. Right. Praise the name of Jesus. I love the Lord. The Lord is so good to me, right? Of course, when you receive your paycheck, when your body is working well, when everything is so good, you say, yes, absolutely. But the truth of the matter is not always things are like that, correct? What about those moments when you are in pain or you are hurting? What about those moments when you feel lost? What about those moments when you just don't see the light at the end of the tunnel? What about those moments when you are just doing the evaluation of your budget and then you see there is a big gap in between what you have and what you need to pay? What about those days when you want to be with your family and they are not there? Everyone is somewhere else. What about those days when you are really sad for things that are going on in your life. In those moments, my friends, we are paralyzed. You know, in the graphic that we, we see here, this gentleman with his uh, hands on his face, it is the reality of so many individuals today. They are hurting. You know, we believers, we are blessed because we have the light. We know the truth. We have hope and we have faith. That's why we are so optimistic. But what about those individuals that are paralyzed because of hurt or pain? 
And what are the sources or what is the reason why they are in so much pain? Well, some of them because they have been abused by others. It is amazing the amount of people that have suffered sexual abuse in this world. It is unbelievable. Statistics are horrendous. I, re I heard uh, something about it this week. It, it seems to be that is one out of five women have suffered sexual abuse. But get this, one out of six men have suffered sexual abuse as well in their childhood. Abuse is a horrible thing. Abuse is something that some people live in their workplace. There is a mean supervisor, disrespectful, but he has the authority, the power, and he just talks to people like they are trash. That's an abuse. Abuse is what we see in some homes too, right? Some of the spouses are talking to the other in a very, very bad way, and you are like, my goodness, this is horrible. Some parents are talking to kids that way. Everywhere is like that. Abuse produces pain and hurt, and also death, because <laughs> we need to face it. Even though with our faith, when we have to let somebody go, it's not easy, <laughs> and we cry. And we suffer. So death also brings pain. And what about divorce? Some people have said that divorce is also like a death. Because those who have lived that experience know that there is a moment when you just feel like there is nothing else for me in this world. Right? Divorce produces pain as well. And any kind of loss. If you have lost your job or your company, your house, whatever, sometimes it's something simple that you just lost and then you just feel in pain because you had so many pictures in that phone and now you can't find it. <laughs> simple thing like that, a special piece of jewelry that your, your grandpa, your grandma gave it to you and you treasured that ring and then it's gone. Different kind of losses, anything that, that will disappoint you will produce in you pain and hurt. So how you could be singing and rejoicing and celebrating the Lord when you are in pain is not easy. We have to acknowledge that. We know that. But let's see what the scripture tells us about it. This is the story in Luke chapter 5 verses 17 to 26 of a man who was paralytic. He couldn't walk. The story is described in this passage. And in the back of your bulletins, you have it. One day, Jesus was teaching the people. The Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there too. They had come from every town in Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. The Lord was giving Jesus the power to heal people. There was a man who was paralyzed. And some other men carrying him on a mat. They tried to bring him and put him down before Jesus. But there were so many people that they could not find a way to Jesus. So they went up on the roof and lowered the crippled man down through a hole in the ceiling. They loaded the mat into the room so that the crippled man was laying before Jesus. Jesus saw how much faith they had and said to the sick man, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Jewish teachers of the law and the Pharisees thought to themselves, Who is this man who dares to say such things? What an insult to God. No one but God can forgive sins. But Jesus knew what they were thinking and said, Why do you have these questions in your minds? The Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. But how can I prove this to you? Maybe... You are thinking it was easy for me to say your sins are forgiven. There is no proof that it really happened. But what if I say to the men, stand up and walk? Then you will be able to see that I really have this power. So Jesus said to the paralyzed men, I tell you, stand up. Take your mat and go home. Then the man immediately stood up in front of everyone. He picked up his mat and walked home praising God 
everyone was completely amazed and began to praise God. They were filled with great respect for God's power. They said, today we saw amazing things. How about that? How about that? Paralyzed men. But there are interesting points here in this story. You notice that the Pharisees, they were arguing about, why did you say that? Right? It's a reality. You see miracles everywhere, but there is always somebody that will be questioning something. That see, it seems to be religious, right? But you know what is happening in reality. They just don't want to give honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. Which is one of the things that we know in church. Everything that we do here must have one objective. Which is what? To worship the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That should be the objective number one that we should have in church. Always in everything we do in church. What about our lives? It should be the same. Whenever you are in your workplace and you are doing what you are doing. You should be thinking, I want to bring glory to the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. To my Lord Jesus. That should be the main objective of each believer. And everything we do, praise him. Praise him. Now, what happened to this man? This paralytic. He was scared. He was in pain, right? He was suffering. Like many people today. But through the faith of others, did you hear that? The faith of others created the circumstance appropriate for this man to be healed. There is when you and I are an important part in the kingdom of God. Do you see that? It's through your faith that someone that is hurting will come to be healed in the name of Jesus. Now, they were brave. These guys, they bring this guy, put him in the roof of that house, open a hole, and then through the ceiling, they put him down. That is really amazing to me. Would you do that today? <laughs> well, you know what? If I know that the Lord Jesus is healing people, I will do that. <laughs> I will not have a problem with saying, hey, Jesus is there for real. He is there. He is healing people. Let's bring this guy. I don't care if we need to tear down the walls or whatever. We will go through whatever obstacle in order to bring this person to Jesus. Now, the question is, do you see things that way? How important it is to bring people to the Lord Jesus? There is where we are a key component in this equation. Ministry is about that. Is we worship the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, but then we think, how can I? Help this person that is in need to get close to the Lord Jesus. You see that? But when he got healed, it was a great miracle, right? This guy was a paralytic. And suddenly he can walk. Can you picture that? Picture that. Picture that for yourself. Imagine that yourself. You cannot walk. Suddenly the Lord Jesus heals you. And now you are standing up and you are able to walk. Now, tell me something. When you get out of that house, what will you be saying? <laughs> I bet you, you will be, listen, I can walk. I can run. I can jump. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That is what you will be doing, right? You will be praising God. We can praise the Lord when we see his work in action. You praise the Lord Jesus when you see the miracle in your life. But listen, there are so many miracles that are apparently not that great, but they are. I was talking with one of my friends, one of you here, the other day here in church. And she said to me, oh, I know. I know how many miracles. I am a living miracle. You remember that conversation? <laughs> and she says, my husband is a living miracle. And then she says, my son is a living miracle. <laughs> and then she goes, actually, everything is a living miracle. Therefore, we should be praising and praising the name of our Lord all the time. The fact that we are alive. The fact that we can process food. Do you know that our people, their digestive system doesn't work anymore? 
that you can understand, you can speak, you can walk, you are alive. All those things that you should be just grateful and saying, thank you, Jesus. I got my coffee and donuts like my brother did this morning, right? Dumping into the cup of coffee. And I love that too. That's right. <laughs> In Guatemala, we dump the champurrada. You know that is what, right? You put the champurrada, the bread, into the cup of coffee. Oh, and you enjoy it. And then you say, thank you, Lord Jesus. I love this guy. He was uh, uh, close to me a couple of years ago. His ringtone for every text message. Do you remember that? Thank you, Jesus. I got a text message. That is what it said. And I, and I laughed so hard every time. And I said, I love that thing to hear in, on his phone. And my phone, you know, that would be just too much, but too many text messages. But I love to hear that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I got a text message. You know, what a great thing to do, to thank the Lord, to praise the Lord. Now, here's the deal. When we are talking about praising the Lord, you know that your personality, it has a lot to do with it. Because everyone is different, right? Everyone wears different kind of clothes, fixes your hair the way that you like, wears different kind of cologne, perfume, makeup, whatever, right? Some people like bling bling shirts and blouses. Others are more like, no, more conservative, you know, more traditional. Some people like white for their clothes, and other people like bright colors for their clothes, right? Vehicles is the same thing. Everyone has its own personality and style. Get this, guys. With food, it's exactly the same, right? And the way that we worship God as well. So I have prepared for you something that shows you a collection of people worshiping the Lord in their own Way. The question that I want you to answer to me after you watch this video is which one is the correct worship music style? Okay? Ready for this? You will like it. Are you ready, Brandon? <laughs> Praise the Lord with all instruments. Look at this. This sound has so many wonderful things. It talks about where to praise the Lord, right? Because the great things that He has done with trumpets and horns and harps and lyres. And you know what, tambourines and, and, and hey, do you see this word here? Dancing. Right. It's in the scripture. And some people think, dancing for the Lord? How, how that works? How that works? Well, it works. And for everyone it's different. With all kind of instruments, symbols, and uh, so, I'm going to describe to you some of these music styles. You will get most of them, but some are a little bit unusual. So I will explain to you as the video plays. Do you recognize this? Anglican Church, England. And you recognize the song, right? Look the way that they wear clothes, hats. You remember this? And people are happy. Look, look the smile of this guy. This girl here, look at that. She likes that. But sometimes music moves you in a different way. This guy is in tears, very touched. But sometimes, you know, people are touched and they, they don't even sing or say much. Observe this lady. She just moves her head like, wow, that's beautiful. You notice that? But in Africa, it's different. So colorful and happy. Now, what are they doing? Dancing, praising God, and doing laundry. You notice? 
Greek Orthodox Church is a very different scenario. Here they are singing about the sufferings of the Messiah, very melancholic way of singing. But in the Caribbean, they sing salsa. From her land, my flavor, she says, praises. I offer to you, Lord. I offer to you, Lord. This is another church here in America that is also traditional. You see the clothing. They are reading from the books. Different style. Now, this is a very interesting instrument, some sort of guitar kind of thing. But I want you to observe the passion of this guy playing that thing. Look at that. And she is dancing for the Lord as well. This is in the Middle East. Also, Jews, like the ones before, they have dancings like this of this kind. They kept their traditions, but they believe that Jesus is the Lord. Yeshua HaMashiach in Hebrew. This is a little bit more contemporary Jewish, messianic. But look, the clothing, that they keep more or less the same style, right? Watch that. But there are other individuals that they like orchestras. You see that all the musicians there, violas, cellos, trum trumpets, flutes, Worshipping the Lord. But here down south, we have mariachi, and they also worship the Lord. Watch the outfit. But if we go to North Europe, in Scotland, that's the way that they are worshipping. Watch that face. Look at the smile of this guy. Look at that. Is he so passionate or what? Now here, you have another traditional environment. Watch the guy playing this instrument, guitar, whatever it is. Look how he moves his head. He is into it. And from Guatemala, yeah. Some indigenous, they love to play this. They are dancing. The marimba and whatnot. All kind of instruments. And here's what we like here in America, some contemporary worship, right? And my brother here is enjoying the drums. Look at that. Look his eyes. <laughs> Speaking about eyes, I want you to observe the eyebrow of this lady when she's playing. Look. It's like she's speaking through the, everything she's doing, the passion through what she does. And here is something more like what we like, right? Here. Worshiping the Lord in a parade. Tattoos, the coat, his style. But also, the passion of our brothers. Right? And that rhythm is very contagious. And one example of what we do here in Victory Church. Right? We honor our country, we honor our God. Go, sweetheart, go. America, America, God shed his grace on me and crown thy head with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. 
Let's give a hand to our Lord. Thank you, Lord. So the question is, which is the correct style of music to praise the Lord? <laughs> I forgot what the verse was, but it was uh, whatever is pure, whatever is like, think about these things. Think about what is yeah, pure and noble. What is, what is, what is pure, Very what is, good. Praise, Thank you, sir. Great, great contribution. You see, we all agree that everyone is different. So the point is not what kind of music do you like or how loud do you play it if you sing it or if you dance or you do not dance. Because some people have that as part of their personalities. And there is nothing wrong with people that are dancing and clapping their hands and jumping. There is nothing wrong with that. But there is nothing wrong either for someone who has the cello and is playing in such a melancholic way praises to the Lord. The point is to praise the Lord. But now let's see something else here that is very interesting. I want to share this definition with you all, my church, because I want you to understand what is to be legalistic or to use a legalism. What, what is that? And maybe you have heard the word legalism. This is the definition. It's judging others for not practicing what I practice. So I eat fruits. But if somebody doesn't eat fruits, I judge him. And I say, oh, that's bad diet. <laughs> Example, right? So I, I eat, uh, I drink my coffee with this uh, uh, agave. Agave or whatever is the thing? Agave. Agave. I practice that. But I see somebody putting sugar, and I say, oh, that's bad. That's bad. I am judging. You see, you see what I'm saying? You have your views. You have your style, right? You, you are yourself. You practice what you believe, the way that you want to worship the Lord, the way that you want to give money to the Lord, the way that you want to serve the Lord, the way that you want to do your devotion. But that is your decision in you. And only you can make the decision about it. But we become into legalism when we are judging others for the way they do things. I want you to know that being a missionary for many, for many years in many places, I have been forced, due to the circumstances, to wear specific clothes. Of course, you can imagine wearing the suit and tie very professional pastor, right? That, that's one. I don't like it much. <laughs> Personally, I feel more comfortable not wearing a suit and a tie. But if I have to, because that particular church needs it, or that particular setting needs it, I'll do it, sure. right? But from there, I have been forced to, to do other things. I remember one day I was uh, preaching in somewhere in the Caribbean, it was extremely hot. And I was wearing a shirt like this, short sleeves. The, the local pastor said to me, sir, you are not going to preach dressed like that because you are uh, insulting my pulpit and my people. So I said, okay, sir, what, what do you want me to do? Well, here is, he calls one of the deacons. And I said, deacon, come here. Give me your shirt and your tie. And, Pastor, I beg your pardon. Give me your shirt and your tie. And you give it to him. Similar sizes. Okay, okay, buddy, let's go to the bathroom. We went to the bathroom and we exchanged shirts. And then two minutes later, I came back pastoral. <laughs> because it was what they needed. But to the point, friends, that in one occasion, in a particular ministry that I needed to be serving because I wanted to reach out certain communities, I was wearing a robe with a white collar. And I have said that to many people, and you know what? I look really cute. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, well, I, I went to, to see myself at the mirror, right? I wanted to see how did I look with the robe, you know, the black one with the white collar. And I thought, man, I really look uh, very 
priesthood. <laughs> Legalism is when I judge others for not practicing what I practice. Sometimes we are very liberal, right? We say, no, you know what? It's OK. You can come without the tie to preach here in Victoria Church or whatever. You know, we do our meetings in this way. And somebody shows up with a suit and a tie, and we're like, no, that's not appropriate in our church. Why not? Why is not appropriate? Different thing is the person will come naked, right? That will not be appropriate. But whether it's with instruments or without instruments, loud or quietly, dancing or not, English, Spanish, Spanish, Greek, Hebrew, whatever the language is, it doesn't matter. What the Lord sees is our hearts. That is what the Lord sees. The problem with legalism in the, is that there is no love, joy, life, or passion in it. It's just a rule. It's a rule. And that is not what the Lord wants us to do. He wants us to worship him out of love, right? Because we are joyful. We know how much life he's giving us. And then we have so much passion for him. But everyone is going to express the passion in its own way, right? You know, to me, it's, it's very normal to be clapping and lifting my hands. And I can jump and dance and, because that's, that's my personality. Right. You know, that's just me. But some of you probably are introverts and you don't feel comfortable doing those things. But that's okay too. But as good and okay is for me to dance and jump and sing loud and clap my hands, is that as correct as for other person to be there sitting in a chair quietly and barely move? There is nothing wrong in both points, you see, because it's an issue of personality, how everyone expresses his love to the Lord. Now, what the scripture tells about it, there is a beautiful, beautiful example, which was read it, right? When the miracle happened is when the men went to praise God. So this, this is the detonator. The thing that triggers our worship, our praise to the Lord, is the acknowledgement, listen to this, the acknowledgement of a miracle. Now, how aware, how much aware are you of the miracles that you live every day? How many times do we breathe in and out in a minute? Do you know, honey? How many times? Al, how many times will you say? In, in a month, in a minute, 10 times, in and out? 16 to 20. Oh, here is our respiratory therapist, 16 to 20. <laughs> All right. Now, how many times in a minute are you aware that you are breathing? Sometimes the, the whole day will go by and you are not aware that you were breathing. You see? The awareness of the miracle will move us to worship the Lord. So that's why it's important that you reflect throughout the day what is happening in your day. And see the miracle on it. Because there is a miracle. It's a miracle you are alive. It's a miracle that you are moving, worshiping, singing to him. It's a miracle. But there is another story that is important to reflect on. Luke chapter 17, verses 15 through 19. This story is the story of somebody that was grateful. The Lord Jesus healed 10 of those. But it says, when one of them saw that he was healed, he went back to Jesus. He praised God, how? Loudly. <laughs> He bowed down. Oh, oh. You see that? He bowed down at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus said, 10 men were healed. Where are the other nine? 
This man is not even one of our people. Is he the only one who came back to give praise to God? Then Jesus said to the men, stand up. You can go. You were healed because you believed. So, in other words, for those who like math, you can tell that the Lord has a 10% of success <laughs> receiving gratitude from others. 10% of success. So that's why I am so encouraged all the time when I see so many ungrateful people. And I said, well, I am now in number seven. <laughs> I need three more. And then one will be grateful. Right? You notice that? It is part of human nature just to forget about the good things people or God has done for them. It's part of the human nature. If you go back in your head, in your thoughts, if you go back one year and think about all the people that you have helped, you will realize how many people have received a help from you. But how many of them they keep in touch with you? Forget about that they are grateful. <laughs> Forget about it. How many of them keep in touch with you? How many of them they send you a text from time to time? Hey, I just wanted to touch base with you. How you doing? You know, I know how many people are against Facebook, but I will tell you something that I really like about it is the memories. That is a great thing because it says a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, right? And I just love when I see something like that and then reminds me, wow, this person did something for me that was so nice, you know? And personally, I encourage you to do this. When you see something that reminds you something that somebody did for you, text to that person, call that person, send them a note and tell them, you know what? Thank you. Friends, we need to be that one. Okay? We don't need to be like those nine ones, ungrateful. How many times we have seen individuals without a job and they are begging and promising the Lord, Lord, if you give me work, if you give me a job, I will serve you, I will do this, I will do that. And they are praying. The miracle happens. Because somebody connected this person in this company. And everyone understands, right? There is a time for training, to getting familiar with the company, new schedule. So that faithful attendance to church stops, <laughs> right? You know, the faithful member that without the job was there looking for opportunities to do something in the church. And you see one dollar in the envelope for the Lord with so much faith. Lord, please bless this dollar for the church. Right? And multiply it in my pocket in Jesus' name. Right? You, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> Suddenly, after the job, after the big check is coming, where is that person? Another comet. You know? I call them the comets. They come. They go. And then... Hey, it's here, it's here, it's here. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> he went back. <laughs> Just like that. Comets. Comet Christians. You know? And the worst part is this. Somebody connected this individual to work in that company. And eventually, through the past of the years, this other person needs something. And the one who got the job that now is in a great level of authority, making terrific money, will never find out how the one who gave him the job is. No gratitude whatsoever. Same thing happens with the students. Students without funds, they are just looking for opportunities where they can get a little money to buy the books, right? 
Once they get the job after graduating, they never remember that little help. People in need for a computer without the means, right? They say, I, I will take any computer. And somebody says, well, I have an old computer here. OK. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Watch this. Thank you, God. Thank you. You're so good, Lord. I have a computer. It's an old computer. It's slow, et cetera, et cetera, right? But gets the job done. Now it's working. Now from church, there is a requirement. There is a request. We need somebody that can print this thing, that can do this in a computer. Anyone here that can help? The person with that computer. Nine people are like that, ungrateful. It's the reality of life. Do you think that because of it, the Lord Jesus was bitter? Can you imagine the Lord after that? Just one came back? Where are the other nine? <laughs> Where are the other nine? I'm brokenhearted. I'm not going to do more miracles anymore because people are so ungrateful. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, there is another person here that is sick. No, this is also ungrateful. <laughs> you know the Lord didn't like that way. Because he knows how people are. He knows how humans are. We know that as well. The fact that there are ungrateful people, people that do not appreciate what we do for them, that will not change us. And I want to declare this publicly here in Victory Church from day one. We have helped people financially that they were in need. They came to the church, then they needed help, and we gave them money. And still today and tomorrow and forever, we will do it. I don't care how ungrateful some people are. We are not going to stop being nice to people and being generous with those that are in need, right? Because it's what the Lord does. He is just good to everybody. And this guy was a Samaritan. Now, I want you to see this other thing here. At the end, when he called this guy... Listen to the words of the Lord Jesus. He says, stand up, because he was bowed down, right? Stand up, he said. You can go now. You were healed because you believed. You know, some people receive something from others, even from God, because they think that is what they need but not necessarily they are totally healed. You see what I'm saying here? The real healing, get this? The real healing comes after we come back to him with a grateful heart. Then is when the real healing happens. Grateful people come back to the Lord to give thanks for the miracle. The child that was ill got healed. The mother that was suffering came back to life. The job that was in jeopardy that you, you thought that you would lose, now is stable. The marriage that was a disaster, the Lord Jesus recuperated and make it work. But then after those miracles is when, when we come back to the Lord God, and we show him our gratitude, then is when we are really healed. Because the true healing is the healing of our souls. The true healing is when we can see the reality of the beauty of our Lord, and we say, Lord, with or without money, with or without health, with or without the miracle, with or without things, I love you, you are amazing, and I love you, Lord. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom to speak. Freedom to share with others. Freedom to worship the Lord. Freedom to sing to Him. But silence kills. Guys, it is important for each one of us to invest time in our devotions every day. 
it is important to be quiet for a few minutes to reflect on our lives. But excess of silence is not beneficial to you. Silence kills. I want you to know in heaven there is a big concerto all the time. Heaven is not a place for those who like to be quiet. Maybe the Lord will give you a cloud there and a little harp. Maybe I don't know, but what I know is that the Lord loves praises. Be careful with excess of time in silence in your home, in your apartment, in your house, in your office, in your car. Be careful with the excess of silence because silence kills. Play the worships, the music, the praises for the Lord all the time. Yeah. That is what you need to do. Friends, I want you to know that the message that I share with everybody, yes, it's a message of repentance because there is only one way that we can get right with the Lord is by repenting from our sins. And I invite you, you, if you are here and you need the miracle of salvation, yes, repent. If you are listening, you are watching, repent. Change the way that you act, that you behave, that you think, that you speak. Change. That is repentance. But the message that I share with you is not just about that. It, the message is not complete if you just leave it in repentance. There are other three components in this message. And the second one is holiness. Which is what? Dedicating our lives to him. When you say, you know what? I really like the idea of being close to the Lord. I like the idea of being holy. Consecrated to God. Live for him, right? But also there is another component is the godliness of our lives. Which is the, the big issue today. Why so many people in the world hate Christians? So many people say that because they hate the ungodly way of some Christians. Don't do that. The message that we share here in our church, friends, is a message of repentance. Of course, we need to repent. We need to acknowledge what we are doing is wrong. But that's not the whole thing. Then we need to move to the next thing, which is what? Holiness. Dedicating our lives for Him, to Him. Godliness. In every interaction that we have with people, we need to show true character as Christians, right? And finally... We need to be people that show gratitude all the time. Say thanks all the time. Be appreciative of what you have. Thank you, Lord, for life. Thank you, Lord, for my donut this morning. Thank you, Jesus. I got a new text message. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I have lunch. Thank you, Father, for my car. Thank you, Lord, for my church. Thank you, Lord, for... All the things that you are giving me. Thank you for my phone. Thank you, Lord. One of our kids yesterday in a video conference said to me, Dad, I'm very, very happy. Really? What's going on? He said, look what I got. A new phone. <laughs> a new phone. And he says, I am so grateful. I appreciate so much what the Lord is doing for me. Little things, guys. Little things. If you learn these four things, we are accomplishing the task. Repentance, holiness, godliness, gratitude. We need to go in that direction. But my friend, if you are watching or listening and you, you are not there yet, I want to invite you today and anyone here, if you feel that you need to reconnect with the Lord, this is the time. All that I am asking you is close your eyes, bow your head, and say this prayer with me. Dear Lord, I repent 
from all my sins. I acknowledged that I need you, Lord. Thank you for my forgiveness. Thank you for the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. My life is different. I feel different for your glory. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Psalm 156, it says, everything that breathes, praise the Lord. Right? We just praise the Lord, simply. That's why we all can say together, ready? I am forgiven and saved by faith in Jesus. This year, I will become more spiritual. And now we are going to enjoy another song here. Sorry about that. Forgive me, Brandon. You can go. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and have a beautiful rest of your Sunday. Have a great week. Amen. Amen.